What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. My guest today on the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour is Ethan Barnes, class of 2010. As we do every week, he's going to cover everything from his senior year of high school all the way into where he is now, which is out in Oregon. Um, it's a great show. You're going to want to stick around. There's a lot of good news coming out. Um, Barnes has a lot of great things to say. So without further ado, my friend Ethan Barnes. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. My guest today on the Dingo Talk alumni tour is all the way from, from Oregon. Wait, long trip. Very long. Very long. Uh, Ethan Barnes, class of 2016. Uh, I know you don't have that out there, so there you go, buddy. A little bit of turners. And uh, so we're going to do the same thing we do every week. Barnes is basically going to tell us his story of end of his senior year going through recruiting, because I mean, as a football player here, you were recruited. Yep. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about every, the four years Barnes was here, take a break, come back, and Barnes will tell us what he's doing now and why he's in Oregon. So we're high. We're high, man. 2012. 2012. Let's go football season ends, recruitments. Football season ends. Um, well, actually, my recruitment started during the football season. Okay. So, first time I met with anybody was with Weaver, good old Weaves. Coach Weave. Yep, sitting in dance class because you know that's what the seniors in my uh, <laughs> my high school did if you're on the football team. Teacher was the football coach, so everyone took dance, easy A. But no, yeah, sitting in dance class and uh, uh, high school coach was Jason Kexio. Comes up to me, tells me that somebody there from uh, Bethany College wants to talk to me. So. I go over to the, uh, I think we were in the assistant principal's office. I walk in, it was me, um, one of my friends, Hunter McLaughlin, who was our quarterback at the time. And then also, I think Darren Starr, who was one of our D-tackles, um, went in there and talked to uh, Weaves, and he pretty much just laid it out, said that uh, they were interested in looking at all of us. Um, kind of laid out what Bethany was going through as a process. Uh, they had a structure. They were also looking for more um, young talent to come aboard. So whenever everything transitions, um, that transition probably would have taken place my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. If we didn't get the talent we did, because when we came in, a lot of our freshman team started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he uh, came down that one week, chewed it over, um, didn't set up a visit right away. Um, once I went back to class after he left, um, my head coach came up to me and said he wanted to set up a meeting with Waynesburg because he's an alumni from there. So there's my main two uh, points right there. Mm. Um, so I went to, before I even went to a Bethany game or visited Bethany, I went to a, uh, a tailgate for Waynesburg. Went and saw how their campus was set up, kind of met a few of the players, met the head coach, Sheps. Um, talked to him. Um, wasn't really feeling a good vibe from Waynesburg, so kind of marked him off my list. Um, went back to school, you know, a couple more weeks go by, and then I think it was um, Coach Upton. I think Upton was my second one, or he came down the last time someone visited me. Uh, was just touching base, seeing if we were so interested and wanted to set up a visit. Um, ended up setting up a visit at that time. 
there was an alumni from the high school there, uh, well here, um, Brendan Sadler. He was a uh, receiver. Um, he set up a visit with me. I did it overnight. Um, loved the campus, loved everyone I met. I think honestly the first person I met on the football was uh, Terrell Scott. T-Bone. T-Bone. Yeah. T-Bone. Yeah, so uh, did a tour around campus, met with everyone, saw the facilities, um, loved how small campus vibe it was. Mm -hmm. So after I went home and talked to my parents and my family, and I thought that the best decision was me was to go to Bethany. I didn't want to go to WVU. I knew if I did go there, it'd be another repeat of high school because everyone from my high school went in there and I wanted something different. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wouldn't thrive in a, a big, big classroom environment. I needed someone to be able to focus and narrow everything down. And if I wanted to pursue my athletics, I would have to choose Division Three. I wasn't a big, big recruit coming out of high school. Um, but yeah, after I did my visit here and I met with everyone, I pulled the trigger. So you're here now, freshman year, coming freshman for camp. Year. Yeah. Uh, let's walk through each year. Just kind of give your your take, not just as an athlete, but as a student, the activities you were a part of, the um, the different things that happened on campus. I mean, you can go back to the concerts, you can do anything that you wanted, just as kind of a, what the vibe was when you were here at Bethany. Okay. Um, yeah, when I came on my freshman year, um, the first thing that's sticking out to me was just incoming week, going into the dorms, you know, moving day. Getting everything moved in, going up to the facilities, getting all your equipment issued to you, standing in line, mm. meeting everyone. Um, shoot, first person I met when I moved in was my roommate and then a lifelong teammate and friend, Nadine. Sugar Bear. Yeah, roommate's freshman year. Um, yeah. Uh, well, in that freshman year, you, you had a pretty good season. Not right away. I mean, I didn't start right away. I was, I was kind of disappointed in, but I knew there were upperclassmen ahead of me who had already been there working, knew the system, knew the playbook, in and out. Um, I think it was, I'm not going to get the weeks right probably, but I think it was week two we went to Randolph-Macon. Sounds about right. Uh, my freshman year. And, man, it was killing me just sitting on the sidelines, just watching everything happen, because there were already um, freshmen starting. So there was uh, Bobby Bush was starting. You had Eric Campbell starting in DT. So we had two freshman DTs starting. Immediately. Immediately. Um, it was sort of formations. Of yeah. course, we had Blake DeBoard. We had everybody else on that that, that team. Um, but yeah, week two, I was had enough of it. Um, I wasn't. Ne I never contemplated quitting, but it was just killing me just sitting on the sidelines. Uh, I think week three came by at Grove City. I traveled to them. Out of nowhere, Coach uh, Boscat comes up to me and says, hey, you're starting. All right. <laughs> really shocked, really nervous. Um, but, I mean, yeah, my first play out there, I went out. Um, I think it was we did a Texas stunt. I ripped over the middle. I uh, had one rip underneath me and came across and sacked my first play, and it was history stroke. Started from then on, um, as a freshman at least. Um, game ended poorly. <laughs> Um, we did lose, uh, but yeah, I mean, took off like a rocket after that. So freshman year activities, so you and uh, Nadine, mm -hmm. some of the other people you've mentioned. Uh, let's talk about social life and whatnot, minus the facility that's no longer open. Yeah, so it's... Like on campus, like for fresh, your freshman year, your, if you remember. Uh, yeah, so uh, social life, I mean, 
I think anyone who knows me knows mainly my all over social life revolved around Alpha Sig. Uh, Fraternia was a big part of my life. I think uh, first person that brought it up to me was uh, Michael Ainsworth. It was at practice one day, asked me if I wanted to come up and hang out, and see what everything was about. And I pushed it off for a while. Really didn't think it was going to be my scene, so on and so forth. Um, and then he talked to Bobby, and Bobby decided to do it, and Bobby talked to me, so we both went up. Hung out with everybody, uh, everyone clicked together, you know. I know you remember my first night up there. Hmm. It was, it was fun. A, yep. Yeah, meeting you for the first time. A lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of words were exchanged. A lot of words were exchanged. Didn't know each other, but a lot of, no, no. It was a lot of aggravation. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> aggravation. It was a good time, but yeah, social activities my freshman year. I got heavily involved in the fraternity. I mean, I kept a good balance of that and football and my academics and everything was kosher. So um, you, let's go to like we'll get to your junior year. The sophomore year is pretty much. Fairly the same, yeah. For the most part, you're still on defense. Yep. Um, that's you're gonna go through the, I believe the, the yeah. knee injury. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna go through that. We'll go to junior year. Come off the knee injury. Yeah. Um, you some players stayed here in the summer. That was kind of a, that's your transition over to the offensive side of the football. Yeah. Uh, becoming a tackle and working out with Nadine mm -hmm. all summer, and I believe Pierce was with you guys too. You know, you had the. A D tap or a D end and an offensive tackle just going every day on in one on ones. Every single day. Um, talk about kind of the mental process of getting back to football. Because you know, like that was a, that was an abnormal prop for you. It was yeah. It was a little harder to get around for a long time. So how did you keep yourself? You know, it was hard. Um, tore my meniscus in two different spots, two different type of tears. I get the whole thing cleared out coming in from a junior year. Um, exiting my sophomore year, I mean, had to max me on Coach um, Watkins, and you know, everything was still on track for me to come back to play D end, and then they were going to work in some formations for me to bump down to D tackle, working in Dean, working Pierce, just get all our talent on the field at one time. Um, but I think it was uh, as I was cleaning my locker out at the end of the year, Benzo came up to me and asked me, hey, um, I think a few of the coaches might ask you if you want to switch to offense. Is that something you're open to? And I mean, I'm always a team guy first. So, of course, I said yes. Um, so, we come back already knowing that I'm going to be switching to offense. Mm -hmm. um, the transition over over the summer, um, that was the best summer I ever spent up here. It was just constant work and grind. Um, me, Nadine, Pierce, we all put in a great amount of work and effort. Um, doing the one-on-ones every day with Nadim. I mean, he got better, I got better. It was just a... And it showed on the field in the junior year. Absolutely. I mean, he had a stellar year, bar none. I mean, put himself on the map, put mm -hmm. everyone. Offensively, I mean, I did the best I could as a tackle for being a first year. I mean, I didn't play offensive tackle for shoot. Senior high school. So you're yeah. three years removed from it. Yeah. Two and a half. Totally old. different type of offense. Um, it was just high school's all run, run, run. Now we're in kind of a pro style offense. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but yeah, having to use a, a, a five step, a three step, you know, making sure you have everything covered. Um, but coming into that junior year, that was the first year we played Mount Union. Yes, it was. You know, um, great, 
great opportunity. It gets you up to pace with some of the best players in Division Three you can ever play at one time. Um, I did pretty well that game, held my own, I would like to say. And then from that year, everyone else after that kind of seemed a little slower pace, so that helped. Um, no one had the support of the coaches behind me. I mean, Coach Pedrario was a great help in that transition process. You know, he uh, he was honest with me. He said he didn't know if he was going to start me week one, which really kind of cut me up. Really got me like. It's not a good thing to say to Lawrence. Oh, I mean, sorry. sorry we're, we're, I'm interviewing you. I'm not just talking. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just not a good thing to say to you. You're one of those guys. It's a. If you if you tell me I can't do it or you're not, it's not something I'm going to do. Yeah. Just. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. It seems to be your personality. Yeah. I mean, just going through that whole change was great. Uh, coaching staff was on point. Kept me on, uh, kept me in the playbook. Really, that was my biggest downfall in that transition was the playbook. Switching from defense to offense, having to learn everything over again. That's what slowed me down the most, in my opinion, because I was still asking questions along the way. Mm -hmm. I think there were still times I was lining up next to, uh, I think it was Tim. Tim. Yeah. Tim I was still lining up next to Tim my uh, my junior year, and I was looking over, asking him for questions, or hey, who are we blocking? <laughs> you know. So. Football in junior year. Yep. You're the president of the house. So yep. now you're balancing football, being the president of a Greek house. Mm -hmm. You're very involved on, I mean, you were pretty, fairly involved on campus, just in that alone, but there were other things that you were a part of. Because you were, you were, you would do things with us in the comm department all the time. Yep. Just, just balancing all of it. How how if what's the best what would be a strategy or two that you could give to somebody you know if they're in that similar situation they got they're playing a sport they're an athlete or they're a student and then they're highly involved plus maybe the head of their fraternity or sorority yeah i mean it's just all time management it's going to be the most stereotypical thing to say but there's 24 hours in a day you sleep for x amount and then you got to divvy up the rest to what's the most important to you so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just try to keep the balance, kind of like I do now, balance work schedule, balance life schedule. Got to work everything in equal amounts. I mean, of course, I, I put a little extra time towards football. That was my passion. Um, it, it got hectic. I remember a few times I, I felt like I was just going to, like, blow up because I didn't know how to keep everything balanced like that. It was my first time doing something like that. But, you know, everyone in the fraternity was supportive. Um, my family was there. I talked to them a good bit during that time. Just trying to keep everything um, balanced. Yeah, keep myself mentally stable uh, and locked in. Um, I think the hardest part about it was probably the fraternity aspect of it. There's a lot of things you have to consider and take care of when you're a president. Mm -hmm. um, and keeping all the knuckleheads or chuckleheads. Um, together and not ripping each other's throats out. I mean, it's a lot of testosterone in one house. Um, it, it was a task in itself. So, senior year of football mm -hmm. comes and goes. It's not the same season from the year before. Not, not the same outcome. Or not the outcome that you probably, anybody expected. wanted or expected. No. Um, let's go into, because you comped in January. January. So, Go through your process of comps and then having the time 
basically second semester senior year mm -hmm. where you're just finishing the last couple credits yeah. right and then it's going into the real world because then we'll go and we'll roll into our first break yeah so and you're kj calling already <laughs> so senior year going into j term uh, I decided to take my comments in J term just based on the fact that you have that umpteenth amount of time to study, prep, and make sure you have everything divvied up. Um, it was the best thing I could have done because even though I have a light schedule in my senior year, I knew I wouldn't want to take my comps in the uh, end of the semester mm -hmm. just so I can have that undivided attention during J term, just being up here solely to study was wonderful. I mean, I think you remember, anytime I was going anywhere, I had my, had my notebook, my binder, everything I needed on me to study. Yeah, I was constantly studying. Um, but it got to a point where I had to study less and less every night because I kept remembering more and more. Um, test anxiety wasn't too heavy for me. I'm pretty good at managing that type of stuff after taking most of the psychology courses I did. Mm -hmm. um, but my best advice for anybody who's going to be taking comps and during any of the semesters, just take your time. And actually study. You know, yeah. you got to study. You, you can't to. You can't think that it's going to be just a regular test and you're going to walk into it. It's a, you're going to have to put a little bit of work in. Yes. The more work you put in, the, it, 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 it will, it's, it's a great feeling when you walk out the, the doors. It is. And I know for me in particular, there are certain questions on there I didn't know the answer to. But... It was during the section where you could pick which question you want to answer. Mm -hmm. um, I was certainly answering the best I could. Um, in your orals, they'll typically bring up those questions why you picked them. Um, even my professors and everybody on the advisor board and the committee asked me, well, we saw this wasn't on your transcripts. Why did you pick to answer this type of question? Then I gave them the answer of why I answered the way I did, why I chose to answer that question in particular. Um, and they talk it out with you. They hash it out and try mm -hmm. to see if uh, there's logic behind your answer. Which is really what they're looking for. Yes. It's, it's, it's almost, the, the orals are basically the, it's there, it's the old prep of like a like an interview. You're going to be sitting in front of. It's like getting interviewed for a job. Yeah. Kind of like a panel interview, really. Which I've done a few now. But yeah, it's uh, kind of like a panel interview. You have everybody in your department in front of you, mm -hmm. typically. And they're going to grill you. They're going to ask you questions that they particularly told you to remember when you're in class. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know those ones, they're really going to get mad. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, don't know from personal experience, though, from stories of others. Um, but yeah, it's uh, comps. It's not too stressful, but you need to be stressed about it so you do study. Um, well, is there anything else? Oh, so coming out of senior year, right? So yeah. you're at your, we're, let's say we'll get to, we'll get to May. Mm-hmm. At what what's going through your mind as you're as it's coming to an end yeah. like because you you're applying I'm guessing you're applying for jobs just like the rest of us were well, everything, but what the first thing I did um, was my trip to Georgia mm -hmm. you know yes I did I did my I did my CFL combine I think of it it was me Larry and Nadim mm -hmm. all went down um, God great experience um, even though it didn't work out, great experience. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could, if I could have done a few more, I would have loved to. But knowing what they expected of me and the size they wanted me to get up to, wouldn't have been able to do it. So that's when I started doing the job applications. Okay. I 
I honestly believe, and if I remember correctly, if I, I would have to look back on Indeed, um, I put out probably over 300 job applications in here in West Virginia. You know, um, eventually get a, a hit back from T-Mobile, started in sales. Um, so sales my gig for a while. And then after uh, after a few, actually no, it was almost about a year at T-Mobile and mm -hmm. I started uh, noticing the things I didn't like about the position, the job or the career in the future. Um, I started looking elsewhere and that's when I started looking towards moving. And that's where I'm gonna pause you. So thank you for giving me the, even the hand gesture for the cliffhanger. <laughs> We're gonna pause there. I'm gonna send it to KJ, Maple Shades Outdoors. Uh, we'll be with him this weekend, we actually. It's, be, it's gonna be nice. Excited for uh, that. So KJ's gonna tell you everything you need to know about Maple Shades Outdoors, but you, if you have not yet, you should subscribe and uh, click on his Instagram because he's always got stuff going on up there. You put a but, link, uh, you put a link anywhere on the screen? Uh, uh, no, I haven't done that yet. You could, you put it right there. I mean, I could, but <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> we'll come, we're gonna be back. Um, I'm Carlin Guadalino, this is Dingo Talk here with Ethan Barnes. We'll be right back. Take it away, KJ. What's going on, everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. You're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man, Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe his page. While you're on YouTube, you should probably just head over and like and subscribe Maple Shade Outdoors. Check out our page, enjoy some videos, some outdoor content. You might as well hop on Instagram, Facebook, follow us, Maple Shade Outdoors. Now that's enough about me. I'm trying to get back and watch the rest of Dingo Talk, so I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks, KJ. Um, as KJ said, this is Dingo Talk. I am Carlo Guadagnino. My guest is Ethan Barnes, class of 2016, on the alumni tour. Uh, if you missed part one, we, we kind of covered everything from senior year of high school all the way through to his first year out of college. Mm -hmm. um, and as I said in the beginning, he's living in Oregon now, so I'll pick it up from, I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah. So, uh, after working the sales job at T-Mobile, uh, like I said, I wasn't really happy. You know, uh, job happiness wasn't really up for me. Uh, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I have a degree in psychology. Um, nobody that I was applying to specifically to use my, well, yeah, applying to was not getting back to me. Mm -hmm. Anything specific for a degree, nothing was coming back to me. Um, should I have done internships in college? Maybe, um, but it is what it is. Yeah, so can't go back. You can't. So I started looking around online, um, and at this point I'm looking, I type in remote, remote jobs. So I could work from home, but be employed in a different state, mm -hmm. right? Um, but after some thinking and I'm looking at some funds I have saved up, I decided to make the move. You know, I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go, so I did a travel, you know. Uh, Cross-country drive, travel. I, mean, I went everywhere. I uh, didn't spend too long in many places, and I kind of ended up where I was due to the fact of uh, funds and um, Southern Oregon University. I don't know many people know of it. NAI school, mm -hmm. typically up there in top of the ranks. Um, national champions 
wanted to go there mainly to try to get a GA spot. At this point in my life, I thought coaching was going to be my calling. Love mm -hmm. football, wanted to get back into it. I wanted to kind of get a GA spot here when I was still here, but I didn't think that was ever going to be offered to me. Mm -hmm. um, so go out there, I try to do that, get that all set up. No bite, no response. Kind of kicking the nuts, but it is what it is. You got to take it on the check. Mm -hmm. So put a few more applications out there. I get this just basic nine to five job that gets me by for a while. Uh, pick up another job um, that's being a bouncer on the weekends at a bar. Um, that was an experience in itself. Hmm. Um, ended up leaving those two positions and working again another sales job. This time I was a manager at Sprint. Mm -hmm. So back in the cell phone industry, kind of felt revitalized, rejuvenated, like the batteries reset. Right? Yeah. I, I can do this for my whole life. So I get to that about year and a half, almost two year kind of point. And once again, the same feelings start creeping up. Um, and this is right before COVID is about to hit. Mm -hmm. So hearing all these murmurings about a shutdown, a lockdown, and so on and so forth. Um, when I immediately, as soon as I started feeling that way, I started asking around about um, job opportunities to a few people. Um, my girlfriend's stepdad, he is in law enforcement. He's a uh, corrections officer for the Justin County Sheriff's Office in Oregon. Uh, he told me that they were hiring, put my application in. It took me, I think it was four or five months of a hiring process. I had to go do a psych evaluation, I had to go do, um, of course, a criminal background, FBI background, um, and they had to look into everything. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, I had, a, I had a personal investigator call all my references to get information about me. Um, luckily, another great thing about Bethany, um, the alumni. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to Carla. I reached out to Mike McElhaney. I reached out to Garvey, Coach Pedrotti. Um, if I leave anyone out, I'm sorry. Um, but those are the four, one, four ringing off the top of my head. Reached out to them immediately. They were like, yep, no problem, no sweat, we got you. So go through all that and I get the job offer. So now what I'm doing is I'm a corrections officer mm -hmm. at the Josephine County Jail in Grants Pass, Oregon. Um, the job is, of course, a, uh, a thankless job. You know, not many people really think about that aspect of law enforcement. They just think about mainly uh, patrol mm -hmm. and just being a beat cop, right? Um, it's an intense job. Uh, gotta be on, you gotta be on point every day. You can't be slacking. You, you gotta be aware of your surroundings at all times. Um, yeah, I mean, so what you take us can you take us through a day like what's what's one of your day like what's your average day yeah um so our shifts are 12 hours so i work 12 hour shift um i won't get the times just in case that's a yeah violation um but yeah i work 12 hour shifts um i mean it's a secure facility so we come in right now during covid Gotta get our temperatures taken. Mm -hmm. um, masks are optional since it is a secure facility and it's not a public building. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't wear a mask particularly unless there's somebody in our facility who mm -hmm. is possible COVID candidate. Um, so
So you, you can work in two areas of the department. You can work in what we call booking, which is where, of course, you bring everyone in, mm -hmm. do your standard intake process, uh, fingerprints, pictures, whole nine. Um, and then there is housing. I work housing mainly. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not too happy doing booking, but I do it if I have to. Um, housing is where I like to work. So housing, what you do, um, you walk all the blocks. So I work all mainly high security blocks. I don't work the non high security. I work typically one, two general population blocks. Mm -hmm. um, but typically what my job consists of, I have to make sure when I go into each of these blocks that um, there's no damage to anything in the facility, no parts of anything are missing. Um, uh, for instance, like broom handles and stuff, have to make sure those are there, not broken, not in pieces. If they are in pieces, I have to make sure I gather them all up. If not, we have to do what we call tossing the block. We have to search everything. Mm -hmm. um, for the other blocks are high security lockdowns. Um, you really just make sure that everyone's breathing, everyone's taken care of. Um, if they have legal questions, you try to answer them the best you can. Um, and the main thing about the job is making sure that you're not infringing on their constitutional rights. Yeah. Because that's one of the biggest issues from back in the day. There were no rights for um, what we call adults in custody now. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's a typical day in the job for me. Um, I mean, of course, you have your little things. I mean, since I work nights, um, I have to take trash out at the end of the night. I got to serve them breakfast. I have to uh, make sure they got clean laundry, clean linens, clean mm -hmm. clothes. So every day we do like a laundry exchange. So they have to give us their clothes and get new clothes. Um, got to make sure they get their fresh rolls of toilet paper. Make sure pretty much they have their basic life needs. Okay. Um, uh, I'd say the most strenuous part of the job is when there's an incident that occurs, whether that be a medical incident, mm -hmm. whether that be a, a fight, whether it be um, somebody just being disgruntled mm -hmm. with where they are yeah. and deciding to act out. Um, they could pop a sprinkler head, they could set up fire alarms. Um, they could barricade themselves in their room so they can't, so we can't see them. And at that point, we have to, we have to act because we have to visually be able to see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's certain individuals that are in a, uh, protected cell, which, what I mean by that is it's a monitor, um, and that's for their safety. Mm -hmm. Um, typically it's not, um... It's just based off their behavior, why they're there. Um, whether it be like self-interest, mm -hmm. or it just be um, they can't interact with the other lodges that we have at our facility. Um, yeah, typical day in the life. So would you say that you're, you're using your psychology degree more now than you are in the sales at least. Absolutely. I mean, I use it in sales because it's easy to read people when you're selling to them, kind of see what they want to get. Um, and it kind of goes into, well, it doesn't kind of, it goes a lot into law enforcement. I mean, knowing how people tick helps. Knowing kind of body language when people are lying, like they cross their arms, they're not making eye contact with you, things like that. Um, they're obvious giveaways. Um, and then just patterns of behavior. That's the biggest thing I do. I just notice patterns of behavior. I can tell if someone's acting differently. 
I can feel tension mm -hmm. if I go in somewhere and I can kind of like, I can kind of sniff it out and see why it's there and where it's coming from. I kind of get a squash typically. Um, but yeah, it, it applies a lot. And any professional career like that, like law enforcement, they love seeing a bachelor's degree. They mm -hmm. love seeing that you furthered your education, that you have, you know, you've been disciplined enough to take yourself further. Um, and psychology has helped me a lot in this, this field. So that leads me into, we'll start at opposite like a, that I did the last week. Okay. Why division three? Mm -hmm. Maybe not just for athletics, do the athletic side, but then yeah. the other side of that as well is, you know, just the smaller liberal arts division three schools. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the athletics. Um, why division three? It's a great opportunity. 100%. Um, you can look into many major sports and you can see that there's players from all different aspects. So, I mean, if you're going to go to a Division three school, don't think that your chances are squashed just because the division you're in. Talent is talent regardless of where it is. Um, for the athletics part of it, the main thing I love was I saw my, I saw my teammates every day. Mm -hmm. um, I saw them around campus, I saw them in the cafeteria, everywhere you go. Some larger campuses where I, I know people personally, they don't ever really see their teammates except for At practice, practice, mm -hmm. films, and meetings. Mm -hmm. um, I see them all the time. I can rely on them all the time. I can go a few doors over, go to a dormitory over, knock on their door and see what they're doing, or even do a little film session. Mm -hmm. um, the coaching staff, they're going to be more able to be one-on-one -on -one with you. Because I know a lot, of, a lot of these other campuses, like Division ones, Division twos, or NAIAs even, there is an assistant to the assistant to the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. You know, you really ever, you really never get to talk to the big boss. Unless, of course, you're probably a QB one or the star player of the team. Um, here it's different. You get to interact with them daily, and it's awesome. Um, it feels everything like a family, and that's what they make you feel like when you come here. Uh, everything is tight knit. I mean, of course, things get tense, and it happens with families. It is, um, and things get heated. Words get exchanged, but at the end of the day, it's their words, and you know that they're still going to be there for you no matter the outcome. Um, now, for the school part of it, academics, um, one on one time in the classroom, super big. Um, and if anything, that's tough for me. Um, being able to wait until after class, talk to my professor, or even an hour after class, go to their office, mm -hmm. and knowing that they're gonna have time for me to sit down, or even if they don't have time, they'll put me on their schedule to come talk to them mm -hmm. um, about anything. It could be personal issues, and if you feel like there's someone you can trust, they'll sit down and talk to you about it. It can be academic issues, it can, number of things. Um, I remember many times I went to Dr. Alfred Tringer's office, mm -hmm. talked to him, Dr. Schuler's office, talked mm -hmm. to her. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone on this campus is just welcoming. I mean, of course, you have the, the support of the, um, the Learning Center. Mm -hmm. They're going to be there for you, especially if you're a, you're an athlete. They're going to be there to help you out with everything. I mean, I was an academic tutor when I was here as well. I helped out a good bit of people. I mean, I wasn't the best tutor, but for psychology courses, I was there. And that's what they'll do. 
if you're on an athletic team, they'll try to typically pull people from your team who are good in their core studies in, in that major, and they'll try to get you into the learning center to help the other students and athletes. Um, and it's great experience. I wouldn't trade it really anything for the world. What I uh, went through here, what I experienced, the connections I made, and the family I've made, really. Um, everyone I know and I still contact today, I consider them family. There's not a single time in my mind where I wouldn't consider them family. Um, even with some of my closest friends, now I've been into fistfights with them, I've been into arguments where we didn't talk for almost a whole semester. But I know if I needed them, I could pick up a phone call and they'll be there for me, even just for an ear to listen to or uh, yeah, just someone to keep something private with. You got something bothering you, mm -hmm. just to talk. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever go back and change from Division three to a Division two or to a Division one or any other type of college. Um, I think Division three was a perfect fit for me. When you touched a lot on why specifically Bethany. Yeah. But if you had to net, other than the, the learning center, if you had to give like three, three points other than the learning center and you know, the connections, mm -hmm. just the, what, what Bethany college does that kept you here that, you know, it doesn't have to be three. I just said that three is a good starting point. Gotcha. Um, the things that really kept me here. Well, for Bethany, it would be my fraternity. Um, I knew I wanted to come back and see those guys all the time. Mm -hmm. um, if I was still around, I'd probably still try to come up and visit every once in a while. Um, the classes, honestly, I mean, I love the classes I took. There were some interesting classes I took that I, uh, I wouldn't change for the world. Um, in particular, one sticking out to me is uh, weapons and warfare. And it was, after I was talking to you about it the other night, it was Capel. Gary, yeah. Gary Dr. Capel's Yep. yep. Um, that one sticks out to me. The curriculum is very broad. Um, if you want to get into anything from all the way from biology to mathematics, etc. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the other side, the broadcasting, the journalism, the... Yeah. Um, if you wanted to sports administration, it, I mean, it, the, the, it is very broad on what you can take here. Yeah, there's a lot of student activities. That's another thing I was going to bring up. The student activities is very immense for the size of the school. I mean, you wouldn't think about it. Um, I went on a school funded trip to New York, uh, concerts. Um, me Dave Coulier was here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Steve-O. Steve-O. Um, the hypnotist, wasn't the hypnotist guy? I think, didn't they do that one, one year? Yeah, wasn't too big into No, it. I, I didn't go to I didn't go because I didn't know. I don't want someone in my head. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the school provides a lot for the students. I mean, I know a lot's changed since I've been here. Um, I know I miss Boomers. Yeah. Um, I miss Chicken Patty Wednesday. Yes. So, I mean... There's a lot of things that <laughs> you'll come to the school and you'll never experience again and you'll think it back on it and you'll have those feelings of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. You'll always get that and it's awesome. Um, 
and you always have people to share those memories with. Uh, yeah. Well, we've come to that point. It's time to, to yeah. head on down the dusty trail, I guess. But, um, so, no giveaway this week, Chuck Lads. It'll be next week. Next week, it'll be the breakfast sandwiches. And again, mm -hmm. it'll be the 10 people. First 10 people come in the door next Saturday and say, I'm a chucklehead that watches Dingo Talk. You get a free breakfast sandwich, and then your name goes in the hat for the following giveaway, which is a lunch special a day for a week. So, I am Carla Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. Barnes, do you have anything else to say before I thank you? Um, you know, keep supporting my man here. He's working hard. He's doing the best he can. Um, like, comment, subscribe for him. Um, and we're actually going to ask a bit from the fans. Comment below if there's someone you want to see that is alumni that you'd love to see come on the show. Um, I'm sure Carl would love to reach out to him. I mean, getting your eyes in tank would be perfect for him. Um, but yeah, comment below. Right down there, somewhere. It could be on the post on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the Dingo himself. Dingo884. And uh, I think it's just my name on Facebook, Carlo. But uh, I am Carlo Guadagnino. This has been Ethan Barnes, class of 2016. Always a pleasure to have you in town. I'm excited to take our trip this week. It'll be fun. So, uh, now, well, I guess we'll send it to Harry. Harry, tell us about all your, your lunch specials and mm -hmm. the biscuits and gravy and the soup's almost here. I just, I've reminded him today, soup's coming. Uh, but go ahead, Harry Chambers, you take it away. Hi, I'm Harry Chambers, and you've just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk with your host, Carlo Guadagnino from Bethany, West Virginia, home of Chambers General Store, where you can stop in Monday through Friday, 6A to 5P, or on Saturday, 6A to noon, and pick up one of our famous $1 sandwiches, or try one of our exciting daily lunch specials. We also offer hot breakfast sandwiches and fresh sausage biscuits and gravy all day long. So next time you're through Bethany, stop in and see us.